0: Welcome to the Resilient Living Podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Minifield. So grateful for us to share some time and space with another episode all about resilience. For those of you that are not familiar, we talk about all things resilient and our ability to overcome those situations. Being resilient. It usually is an experience in which you went through something, whether good or not so good, and you developed the skills to overcome that situation, or more importantly, you gained wisdom that you can share for yourself and for others that will make a difference. Hopefully, today is another episode where we can just talk a little bit And add our results together to get some wisdom. I wanted to talk today about a subject that, you know, I have been accused of, um, that I've dealt with, and that's been interesting to me as I continue to form my group around me and those that I come in contact with day in and day out in their life and in their story. Today, we are going to be talking about being real, not perfect. I said it, being real and not perfect. You know, often throughout my life, I have actually uh, had the challenge of working through some of my personality quirks. I've been told before that I'm a perfectionist. I've been told before that, You know, it has to be my way or the highway. And in the search of being a perfectionist, um, I have learned that the best way to be is real. So let's define a couple of things. Being perfect or being a perfectionist. That is a person who refuses to accept any standard short of perfection and to my own account i understand that in many situations i have been a perfectionist now the one thing about being perfectionist which is i'm sure others out there that can agree with me who have that personality trait is that perfectionism usually isn't about someone else it's about personal journey. It's about how you like things. It's a method or way in which it has to be perfect in your eyes. So a lot of times it's not a direct reflection of what you want for others. Rather, it's an internal challenge that comes out that influences other people around you. That's what a perfectionist is. Now, when I talk about being real, Being real is being authentic, made or done in the original way. How you were wired, how you are formed, and how you see your reality. That's being authentic. So you might say, well, Terland, we can understand the definitions. How does that pertain to us? Well, I would submit to you that there are a lot of people out there that are putting on layers in order to fit in that they need to remove. And what I mean by that is that instead of being authentic, they continue to put layers or facade or faces or clothing or anything that allows them to fit into a situation rather than showing up as they authentically are how they're made, what they look like. And so it's a discussion that we should have. It's something because in the times that we're in right now, you know, one truth that you have to walk in is the truth of knowing who you are and whose you are. You have to walk in that truth. And we really don't have time to go through the layers of what you think other people want to see or know or believe about you, you have a responsibility to yourself to be real. So I mentioned that I actually have had situations where, you know, I have friends and people that have um, put that perfectionist label on me that, you know, because of your perfectionism, because this is the way that you like it. Um, and I had to take a step back and realize, you know, most of the time they're telling the truth, but my perfectionist personality or tendency wasn't to change other people around me. It's a standard that I walk in myself. I want it to be perfect. I want it to be exactly the way that I want it to. And as I continue to grow and learn about myself And how I want things, I've become more laid back in where I am in order to get to where it is that I want to be. One key area that I really learned this was in my children's lives. I didn't ask my children to be perfect. I didn't ask them to be perfect. I wanted them to do the very best that they could. And as long as they could come to me and their dad and confess that they were doing the very best job they could in school, the very best participation in whatever sports they're in, as long as they could say that they were doing the very best that they could, that was acceptable. But if I didn't see the application of them doing the very best that they could, that would cause us to have a conversation. And as I went through each child and each scenario with what they were doing and encouraging them to do their very best when I wasn't seeing it, what I know is is that they were not going to remember everything that I did for them, but they really were going to remember how I made them feel and how I was happy about what they did because of them doing the very best that they could. Because it's so important for us to understand as parents that your children don't remember all the sacrifices that you make. They don't remember all of the details that you go through in order for them to have the best day, but they will remember and see how happy you are with what you do for them or with them. And so... My children were the ultimate teachers as far as what that personality trait or influence could do to them. Now, did I get it right every single time? Absolutely not. But on the other side of the communication that I established with each one of my children, where they knew that they were heard and that they were seen, they had the opportunity to show up being the best that they knew how to be at that moment. And we had conversations to that effect as well. But that was the first glimmer for me to understand what the personality trait, the perfectionism in me, um, caused in other people's lives. And one thing I'll, I'll tell you that being a perfectionist, it actually really isn't easy. Because for me, I've put a lot of pressure on myself to perform at a certain standard. That was just about me. It really wasn't about anybody else. I can absolutely admit to you that I was not in competition with anybody else other than myself. But what that does to people around you is if they are not living their best life and going after their own individual goals, it causes a burden for them to carry that sometimes is self-inflicted because they're watching you be the very best that you can be and having that pressure. And they try to mimic that because they don't have those goals set for themselves. That's perfectionism at its worst. Perfectionism at its best means that after you achieve goals, you're able to celebrate what that achievement is. You're able to celebrate the things around you that are are not perfect, but your participation in what those things are allows you to be able to celebrate where you are and what's going on in order so that you know your performance of doing the very best that you can is enough. So I mentioned I had friends that mentioned my perfectionist personality and how I have to have things done a certain way. And so I agree with them for the most part. I do have to have things done a certain way. But again, not to reflect where they are. It's by my personality and what I am. Now, there's a difference between having a personality that's a perfectionist personality and being authentic or being real. I have never had a problem with being real. And the reason is, is that I'm not competing with anybody else other than myself and any of the internal dialogue that I have going on about my performance or how I did, it isn't meant for anybody else to take a look at. It's all meant for me to internalize and make sense of. And what I mean by being real, You know, being authentic, being who you are. When you show up to a party, you are who you are. You don't have to have a certain joke or a certain way of dressing or certain um, status as far as vehicle, cars or houses, or even a certain type of family. You can authentically walk in the room and be enough just by the very presence of where you are. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have goals and that you don't have dreams or you don't have things that you want to aspire to, but being authentic means you're good right where you are. And it's putting a lens on things to give other people grace or space with where they are and understanding that as we go through things, there are situations that we come out of. And so it allows you not to put judgment on a person's situation or status or what it looks like, but to give them an opportunity to show up as you did when you walked in the room. And so the goal really is to be real, be authentic, and not be perfect. You know, the only perfect person that I know of is Jesus Christ. He was absolutely perfect when he walked on this earth. And in our walk as believers striving to be like him, we already know that we cannot be him. And so the goal is to be as like him as you personally could, you know, in your personal walk with him, um, which means that you love like no other. And so as we continue to walk that out and continue to strive to be like Jesus, it doesn't mean that we are perfect, but we're striving to be more of the love that he was when he walked on the earth. Because if you don't know now that love is truly the answer in every situation, uh, take heart. It is. Whether you have hate or despair, or loss, or anything. When you add love to that situation, it makes it better. Let's talk a little bit more about being authentic, being real. You know, there are a lot of people that have different traits or situations that they go through. And because of that situation, it causes them To maybe be depressed, uh, be sad, be fearful, all of those things may be real for that point of time, but the reality is, is that you can change the state of your being based on understanding who you authentically are, and that this time, this situation will absolutely pass, So that's why we want to stay on the side of being real and being authentic, because it allows us to change the lens of our perspective to not exactly where we are, but understanding the reality of our perception is our reality. So it's how you see it. It's how you feel it that makes it real to you. And so when you're authentic, you're able to see that situation for what it is. And move through that situation until you get to another level of love. And I know you're saying, you're saying, Carolyn, you're saying all that. It's not that simple. Is it that hard? That's really the question. And what other choice do you have? If you are sad or depressed or feeling the loss, what other option do you have rather than just, continue to stay in that particular state. It is important that we really take a look at our situations, not to the perfect them, but to be real in them and give ourselves a measure of time to be there. This is something that I've done for myself for many years and it's worked over and over again. If there's a situation that I'm dealing with, a situation that's just not good, a situation where the reality is it's a loss, it's a hopeless situation, it's something that I cannot change or control, I understand and know that that situation is real. And I absolutely allow myself to feel all of the feels that come with that situation. But what I also do being realistic is I give myself a time frame in order to feel all those feels. Now we can't always measure a certain amount of time and say at this particular time, I'm no longer going to feel sad, but we can give ourselves a period of time of mourning of loss that we start collecting ourselves and get back on the path of the reality of change that has happened, in order for us to go towards what it is that we want to live. So for me, I would give myself some time, whether it be a week or two weeks. In that situation, I say, okay, in two weeks, Terilyn, we're going to pull it together. And as I'm going through those two weeks, I'm doing realistic, tangible things, whether I'm writing down my plan of what I'm going to do as the situation lifts, or if it's a situation I cannot change, what I'm going to do to be the change, or even a list of what's next for me, I am tangibly doing something to help myself come through those two weeks on a better, higher note. Because I gave myself two weeks. So as I walk through those two weeks, doing little things, taking care of myself, understanding, knowing that I can't change what's going on, reading, giving myself a little bit more self-care, crying, eating a favorite dessert. I am in those two weeks giving myself more time and space to be right where I am knowing that at the end of the two weeks, I'm going to start making a change. My dynamic and my practice and my routine is going to be different. So I give myself those two weeks. And at the end of those two weeks, I've either collected everything that I've written in my journal, in the notes to myself, in my notes about what I'm going to do next. I review all of that and I started working towards getting back to the reality of where I am. I'm authentic and I'm all real about that situation. And sometimes maybe it takes less time for you or it takes more time for you. But the point is, is that I have created a process that allows me to continue to walk through what I need to walk through, be as real and as raw as possible in order to get to the other side of that in order to receive another level of love. We have to do something. If we choose not to, then depression continues to stay. Especially when there are situations that you cannot control. And there are a lot of situations out there that we can't control. Now there are a lot of situations that we can control. And the reality of those situations is, is that you need to make smart, tangible goals that allow you to regain the control in the situation and allow you to arrive to another level of love in your life. It's important. And it's all a process. So you have to choose if you're going to be real and not perfect because there are a lot of perfect people that are walking around. They have perfect families. They have perfect vehicles. They have perfect spouses. They have perfect cars. They have perfect jobs. They have perfect lives, or at least that's your perception of what you think they have. And there are a lot of hurting people out there that need to have a process put in place in order for them to get from where they are to where it is that they should be going. You know, one of the reasons why I love being a believer is because hope is never lost. Hope is never lost unless you choose not to grab onto it. We have to, have to, have to keep ourselves in a position where we keep looking up and looking forward regardless of the situations and circumstances that are around us. One of the things I was sharing with a group of friends of mine is that, you know, we all have times and situations that we go through. And one of the things that encourages me is when I watch victory speeches. Victory speeches from the athletes after they've won a hard-fought battle in whatever sport or the Academy Awards, the Grammys, anywhere where someone didn't know they were going to win, and then they get on stage and they start thanking all the people that support them. It is so encouraging to me. I don't know those people that are on stage. I don't know the backstory of the athletes and how they trained and what they had to do, but I can absolutely celebrate with them. And every time I watch one of those shows, or when I watch one of the, you know, Super Bowl or tennis, any kind of victory speech, it encourages me. Because more times than not, they're thanking their creator who gave them the opportunity. And they start going through each and every one of the people that are in their lives that means so much to them. And they just want to thank them for playing the part in their success. That's being real and adding to the level of love in your life. I don't know. I'll keep letting people call me perfectionist, but I'll still keep being real. You know, thanks for listening today. If this episode has been something that reminded you of something more that you'd like to share, reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram or send me an email at resilientlivingpodcast at gmail. I'd love to hear from you. Have an amazing, amazing day.